Hello, this is Dr. Pamela Payne Foster, and I'm the co-host of A Woman's Work, and welcome to a new episode. Uh, I'm not here, I'm here alone without my co-host, Rashonda White, um, but we're, I am delighted. I'm actually riding on a bus to Jackson, Mississippi, um, working with the Poor People's Campaign for uh, talking about what's happening in Jackson, Mississippi around the water crisis. But I am delighted to have as my special guest, Dr. Tom Ellison. Dr. Tom Ellison is medical director and principal investigator of a project called Project Help. And he's also with the uh, organization nonprofit called Doctors for America. So we'll definitely uh, have him explain all of that. But he's just, uh, I call him a physician renaissance. Uh, not only a medical doctor, but also a serious activist. And we know that not that many of those left is a rare breed. So I definitely want to delve into who he is as a physician and um, uh, some of the issues that he works with, not only around medicine, but around politics. So welcome, Dr. Ellison, Thank you to the show, uh, Woman's Worth. We usually open up with a tagline. And I decided this this uh, time to use the phrase "a woman's worth," uh, a woman uh, uh, who knows her own worth mm. is true to herself. Mm. And I we use the word "her," but we want to add in other pronouns because we're not just talking to women; we're talking to the trans community as well around HIV prevention. So, a woman's uh, worth is a woman who is true to herself. Um, or using other pronouns. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Before we start with those topics we were just kind of talking about, I did want to acknowledge that today is International Mental Health Day and such an important day. We know even you know post-COVID how important mental health is uh, to the overall health of, of everyone, and particularly for women uh, who, are, who have HIV. So... Uh, just wanted to just acknowledge that, and I don't know if you're working on anything around mental health at all. Yeah, we work with NAMI. Uh, oh, okay, NAMI, NAMI, yes. You know, and it's a integral part because I don't we don't separate mental health from right, health. Right, right, right. And uh, so our teams always consist of a mental health professional. Even during storms and disasters, we do what's called psychological first aid to get the person past the storm. Right. But the trauma, the trauma, right, the trauma of it. Yeah. And, and if you don't have proper mental health. It's not important for you to even take your blood pressure pills. Right. So right. I can't separate physical health from Right, that. right, right. So thanks for that. So tell us a little bit about who you are, Dr. Ellison. Uh, and then we'll get into the okay. work you do. I was born in Birmingham. Okay, Birmingham, Alabama guy. Yeah. yeah. Alabama and, guy. Uh, my father was uh, with SCLC. Oh, okay. My mom was a surgical tech, worked 3T level. Mm -hmm. So by my father being a pastor, he owned a little print company and a uh, construction company, so he would be home during the day. Mm -hmm. So most of the time when I got out of school, my mom would be at work, so I was stuck with my dad. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like, uh, Raised by your dad. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Disciplinarian, uh, civil rights focus, mm -hmm. uh, one of King's Birmingham lieutenants. Uh, wow. And uh, in fact, people don't realize it, uh, when King got arrested, I wrote the letter from the Birmingham jail. It was from our church, not 16th Street Baptist. Right. What and church was, was that? Uh, Zion Hill Baptist Church. What? Okay. 
And uh, there was mighty preachers on that block. You had uh-huh. Josiah in the middle uh-huh. at St. Paul. Uh-huh. And then you had my dad at Sion Hill. Wow, and wow. So he was a pastor? He was a pastor. I didn't know you were a PK. Yeah, I am. Uh-huh. I, but also an activist. Yes. That's where you get the activism from. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I okay. mean, I was drugged to the Selma Montgomery March at five. What? And hated it uh, back then. Uh-huh. Didn't really I understand mean, it. I mean, the Montgomery March, uh-huh, with, with uh-huh, Rosa Parks. Uh-huh. By the time the Southern Montgomery March came around, I was a teenager and even a girl. Uh, mm-hmm. So I grew up uh, listening because my father would host the meetings in his church mm-hmm. until we got too small. Then they moved to 16th Street. Ah, so, truth I mean, be told. Yeah. Isn't so, that something? Yeah. So I'm listening to Belva. I'm listening to Wyatt mm-hmm. I'm listening to... Uh, Dr. King had a brother who was also awesome as well. People forget about that. Mm-hmm. So those kids went to Hill Elementary School with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they come to Lisa and some other people. But mm-hmm. uh, we were just raised in an environment mm-hmm. that you were, uh, what should you give back to mm-hmm. the city and stuff? Or, or being involved. Yeah, we yeah. had to be involved. Had to be involved. Yeah, yeah. That's something. Well, that's great. That, that tells us a little bit about your um, early beginnings as an activist. And I, now I can kind of see how you got into medicine. Yes. With your mother working in the field. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. My mother back then was a surgical tech, and back mm-hmm. then that was like being a nurse practitioner mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. people of color. Not too many, yeah, not too right. many blacks, right? No, no. And then uh-huh. she worked for Kirkland, uh, who the Kirkland Clinic mm-hmm. was saying. Uh-huh. So she was really high up back uh-huh. then. In fact, when I was doing uh, rotations at UAB, people would always call me Carrie Song. Uh-huh. You know, I thought I was Japanese for a while. They said, <laughs> they said, who on the case? Carrie Song. But I, I was proud of that because uh-huh. she had such a good reputation. Uh-huh. So I knew I had to be on par. Yeah. Not to let her down. Her Did you think you might go into surgery because of her? No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Hamilton, who we call the dog bite doctor, he was the only doctor that would treat us after we were beaten. Mm-hmm. And I saw the discrimination he had listed in surgery, mm-hmm. even during that time and into the 70s and 80s. And I actually wanted to go into to, uh, OBGYN because or the infant mortality that we were seeing. But then that cardiology bug bit me. Uh-huh. And then that was it from then on. Uh-huh. But Dr. Hamilton, uh, Dr. Stewart, uh, Dr. Harris, they each adopted 10 of us. They uh-huh. told us if we wanted to be doctors to stick with them. Uh-huh. And they would help us get in. So those are black doctors in town? Those are the black doctors in Where'd town. Where'd they go to school? Um, I don't know which we're here. Ah! Mahari alum, that's why I asked either Mahari or Howard, right? Yeah, yeah okay. They were, they were all involved. Mm-hmm. And so it gave you, in fact, the first community health center I opened up was free was next to Dr. Stewart's office. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Harris would always support me going into the black belt, mm-hmm. uh, trying to do things for mm-hmm. in the 70s, trying to see what why people were coming to UAB with these disparities when we thought people in rural areas were healthier than people in the city. Mm-hmm. And that's something interesting, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Did you do uh, surgical tech first? Did you do no, surgical tech no, first I, I, and medicine? I, no, I went. She got me a job at UAB. My first degree was in computers. Mm-hmm. So I got a degree in computers. And so I, I, before I got my degree, I started working at UAB in the computer lab. And then I started monitoring techs, and that fascinated mm-hmm. me. So then I started doing monitoring tech missions and stuff like that. Okay, okay. At UAB Hospital? At UAB, yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. So what, what uh, gave you, and I, it's interesting, the medical school you went to? Tell us a little bit about that, and it's, it's really an alternative for some who may not want to go to school here in the U.S. Yeah, I started off at UAB. Okay. And it, and it was, I saw how they did 
two people who graduated and we give them their residences or who mm -hmm. are now renowned, they said they cheated on the exam because mm -hmm. they wouldn't give an exam. So then I decided I was going to go overseas to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. So I first went to, to London and learned how they were doing things over there. And that, that's when I found out that out, the states teach you how to treat people, mm -hmm. not how to keep them well or how to cure them. Mm -hmm. Or prevent it. Yeah, yes, yes. No yes. prevention. No prevention. Uh, and, and that's everywhere I went. Even when I went to Cuba, it was all prevention. Mm -hmm. It was all just keep the family well, teach mm -hmm. them how to eat well, see them, give them your time, mm -hmm. and spend time with the patients. I had a Cuban student that graduated and came to Baldwin County, mm -hmm. and she was there for a year, and all the patients loved her. Mm -hmm. The hospital fired her because she was taking 45 minutes for the patient. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, I need to get to know these people. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to write prescriptions mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when she left and went to New Orleans, all the patients were following her. Wow, wow, wow. For the whole paradigm shift for how she was trained. Yes. So that's interesting. You started out at UAB, transferred, and went to London first, mm -hmm. and then to the Caribbean, because I know you graduated right. from a Caribbean yeah, medical school, Elam, right? Yeah, yeah. Elam. Oh, Elam? Yeah, it, was, it was a different Elam then. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah, was it Cuba? It wasn't Cuba. It was in, uh, in Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, Jamaica, okay. In Jamaica, okay. yeah, UWI and other schools. Okay, okay, okay. All right, interesting. So I just kind of lift that up for maybe some... Uh, students out there, potential students out there, who might want to go to medical school and think about some other alternatives. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're both on the board of Elam. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, I went to, I've been going to Cuba since uh, the 70s, uh -huh. and I went with Earl Hilliard and Ben Thompson. Uh -huh. And they had asked, you know the story, if they could send some box here from Cuba. Uh -huh. And you know, that was immediately shut down, and I, I know why, because they never would accept the Cuban box here. And so then they asked him, what can we do? And that's when Fidel said that you send students here. And then we'll train them. Yeah. Yep, yep. The, for yeah, free. For free. For free. And mm -hmm. the caucus was afraid to get involved with that because they didn't really know Castro. Mm -hmm. So Earl assigned Jack Zilman and myself to do the legwork to find out how to get to school and all that and help select the students and stuff. Okay. So uh, that was an interesting time because... They had the U.S. interest section. They were watching the volumes where we go, like COINTEL, bro. But uh, Jack was determined to make this work. Who is Jack? Jack Zilman, mm -hmm. Reverend Jack Zilman. Mm -hmm. He was uh, Earl Hilliard's healthcare liaison okay. in Congress. Okay. And uh, so uh, we got the logistics, helped them get the school started, start recruiting students. And the rest is history. Some of the best docs I know now are Elam graduates. Right, Cuba. right, right. And we were actually on the Elam Parents Association Board. Right. Some of the parents of some of the graduates wanted to help support them while they were over in Cuba. And not just in Cuba, when they came back Amen. to try to get their residencies. And so uh, we've done some work with and helping them get their residencies here in the States. Yeah, and that was my role. I tried to bring them back during the summers while they were still there mm -hmm. so they could stay acclimated with what's going on in the healthcare system here. Mm -hmm. Because we have toys that they don't have over there. Mm -hmm. You didn't want them coming and not ever seeing the latest technology right. even though they don't need it. Right, uh, right. But we wanted to be familiar with it. So He's I was familiar with it. And okay. the ones who wanted to go into cardiology or orthopedics, I sort of paved the way for them. Okay, okay, fantastic. So uh, that leads us into uh, Project Help, mm -hmm. and then we can talk a little bit about uh, Doctors for America. Okay. Uh, I started Project Help in 1983. Uh, people were dying in Smithfield, which is my community, uh, because uh, the gangs were bad then. 
uh, Smithfield was a public housing for elderly, and the guys were so bent on drugs, they would jerk the uh, air conditions out the windows uh-huh. and go in there and rob the elderly people. Uh-huh. And so they would board up their windows and burn up in those bricks. So I've got a community center three blocks down from there, and it was air conditioned. I got it from the Bruno family. Uh-huh. And the city helped me obtain it. Uh-huh. And then they could come in during that day and they could watch TV, congregate, that once they didn't want to go to the senior system. And so when we had them there, we started doing blood pressure, cholesterol, uh-huh. and educating them, uh-huh. and, uh, and letting them know about A1C and how to use medication wisely. Uh-huh. And it just it just blew up from there. Uh-huh. Um, and to support it, I would always take the neighborhoods gave me $75,000, so that's $150,000. I was given from an entertainer that I was taking care of. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started it with $225,000, and now our budget is about $6 million a year. Wow, wow. Yeah. And and you do training. You help train young Yeah, I recruit in, young the, students. In, I recruit in the eighth grade, mm-hmm. but they can't come and work for me until they're in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pay them eight seventy five an hour, and they just have to shadow in the hospitals and the different disciplines. And instead of them doing paperwork, a lot of people had those programs, but they were stuck filing, doing stuff like that. I want them in the emergency room, I want them in the morgue, I want them in the cath lab, mm-hmm. so they could see what actually they could do. And even mm-hmm. this inaugurates, because a lot of people are not going to do four years of college and four years of medical school. So we let them know that was some short-term careers, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love sonography because I have a 21-year-old that's making $30 an hour now wow. for a sonography. So what is that? What months. is that? What is stenography? Sonographer. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 Sonographer. Yeah. Uh-huh. What is that? So the oh, people, people understand, know. like, if you've ever been pregnant, or have mm-hmm. a scan where they put the transducer to identify mm-hmm. the baby and location. That's what sonography is. Okay. But they're also using a cardiac to do the carotids to see plaque mm-hmm. and things of that. So is that X-ray tech? Uh, do they have to go to school? X-ray no, tech to go school? No, it's a, it's a field called diagnostic medical sonography. Okay. And how long did he have to go to train? Eighteen months. Eighteen months. And where did he go? Uh, he went to Virginia College, which is gone now. But now they're going to Lawson State mm-hmm. to do it. It's okay, okay, okay. Great, great uh, alternative. Yes. Yeah, and there's so many other ones out there that, that we just don't know about. So yes, I'm glad yes. you're exposing them yes. uh, to these Everybody's not going to be a doctor. Correct. Nurse, but correct. we need that support staff. Correct, 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 correct. So what else has uh, help done? We'll talk a little bit more about help. Uh, you got the awards, I know that. Yeah, well, I've gotten the awards. Brother <laughs> Kemp has gotten the awards from everyone from the Heart Association to HHS mm-hmm. uh, to the region four because we duplicated the services mm-hmm. that we do in about 11 other cities. Wow. And uh, 12 countries. That wow, we, from wow. From Kenya uh, to Barbados. Wow, wow. The least. We set up those community programs where people can come in and exercise. And then training students. How many yes. students do you think you've trained over the years? How much? You said 83? You've been doing Care. And I said they can't be waiting on us once a year, but coming like we're gods or something. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So I got the president of Lawson State, the Office of Nursing Program, mm -hmm. uh, to them. So they sent about 12 students over there, supported by the church. We housed them. They went to nursing program mm -hmm. two years, and then they went back home, and then they got into medical school. Wow. To what? To Cuba? Yeah. What? Yeah, now they run the whole, I don't, I don't even have to go there when I go now, it's a business. It's on Kenya? Yeah, and what? they're all direct. Yeah. They're all direct. And that's we did the same thing in Mali, in Nigeria, mm -hmm. and in Tanzania. So what about some of the cities here in the States? Which uh, cities? Uh, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, Montgomery. Wow. Uh, we started in Selva, they got controversial. But Oakland, Okay. Chicago. So we got to give a shout out to Montgomery because you know this show is in Montgomery, yeah. Alabama. Well, Montgomery's one of our main things. Okay, you know, okay. Uh, uh, we, we do things with ASU that's made history. Wow. Uh, we're trying to put a regional disaster center at ASU okay. for the black belt because okay. people in the black belt are often neglected when it comes to disaster. Right, 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 right. So whenever a tornado or something hits the black belt, those T's will come in and help. Yeah. Rebuild yes. and uh, provide health care. And, and the main thing is, people, people of color, what we have an issue with now in Orlando and in, in South Carolina, because they lose their medications. Mm -hmm. And the pharmacies won't give people of color refills like Right, they right, right, right. You're going to say, I lost my bed. So you get them some med medication. Yeah. But I love what you're saying, Tom, because I know where I am on the west side in Tuscaloosa, West Alabama. We've had tornadoes where the government took forever to help them rebuild. Yeah, they take them, and they, yeah. and they tell you it's going to take 72 hours for us to get there. And so while you're frustrated, you're arguing with FEMA and trying to get an appointment, mm -hmm. and you had to have your blood pressure pills in three days, mm -hmm. all your illness, which is mm -hmm. more serious, mm -hmm. then we come in and supply that. Okay, okay, fantastic. And where did you learn this uh this uh, disaster medicine? Was it Cuba? Jamaica and Cuba. Jamaica and Cuba. And they definitely uh, set the standard for that. Yeah, yeah. And they handle it like no one else. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cuba, whatever hits Cuba, they up and running the next day. Right, 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 right. So of course Cuba just had the uh, hurricane, right? Yeah. Hit them. And Have you been down? Yeah, I went. The, the, the streets were flooded. There were two people's knees. The next day, everything was back to normal. Wow, wow. I know some of the areas don't have, uh, there's an article on paper, don't have uh, electricity yet. Well, well, you know, electricity is sort of intermittent there anyway. Right, right, So they right. know how to, how to deal. Right, 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 right. Generators and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's transition into Doctors for America. Tell me a little bit about who, who they are and what you do with them. Because that's your job now, right? Yeah. Along with help. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the board of Doctors for America. I'm out and I'm a state director. Uh, we came together. We were Doctors for Obama. Uh, we were trying to make sure he got elected because he had promised us a haircut plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I helped write portions of the ACA along with other DMA people. And uh, from that, we actually lobbied Congress. I, I write amendments to bills and legislation. And uh, our former founder is now the Surgeon General. Right. And uh, his, his wife, name is? Vivek uh, Merchant. Yes, yes. And his wife is Alice Chen. Uh, she came, she formed with some Obama staff who made the company called Made to Save. Well, we were able, Project Help was able to get 10,000 vaccinations to people who were previously called hesitant. They weren't hesitant. Mm -hmm. uh, they were ignored. They were given false information, and they were sending people who were too young to earn their trust. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have seniors uh, of color, and they're used to people, they don't understand rapport. 
in other communities. They don't understand networking. They don't understand being there with the people when they don't need anything. Uh, a lot of people want to come in on a white horse and say, I came to save you, take this field and swallow it. And then if you don't take the field immediately and swallow it, then they say they don't want any help. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand you have to take, it takes time to build relationships and trust with them. And they don't want to do that. They want to ride in, take a photo off, and go back out. Yeah, the other thing with my own medical students is I, um, I, um, they don't know the history of the people, so they can't connect in a way where it's deeper, right. a little deeper. Right. You're right, it's just very superficial. And uh, so, uh, um, and, they, and they take, I tell them, when they see underserved people, it's underserved, not undeserved. Yes. And sometimes they think that underserved people are there because they choose to be that way. Mm-hmm. So they can't, they take a sort of arrogant attitude mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. to these people, not really not, and they say, we came to empower you. Mm-hmm. The people already have power. You yes. just need to respect them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Because, I mean, I, I want you to talk about the work you're doing, the other countries you're going in, but I want you to also pull it back into what this show is about, really um, empowering women. Yeah. around uh, HIV prevention, uh, right. so I'm, I'm glad you, it's a great way to kind of segue in after you talk a little bit more about some, some of the work that Doctors for well, America I, I can tell you, but, and this is something you may not be aware of, I've had a Healthy Star grant for 35 years. Mm. Started out as a, a demonstration grant, $500,000 a year. I chair that board, mm-hmm. and it's a team, it's a pregnancy prevention and support program. Mm-hmm. And our zip codes, the numbers are down for teen pregnancy, repeated pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, maternal health is up, mm-hmm. fatherhood is up. We made mm-hmm. a, a complete change instead of taking the blame on the females. Mm-hmm. A female can get pregnant and, and in nine months have a baby. Mm-hmm. A young guy can go out and impregnate somebody every weekend. Mm-hmm. So we started putting the onus on them. Mm-hmm. Don't just say the onus is all on the female. Women, Blaming women and right. not including the man. Right. When the man is to go and pick the women up. Right, right, right. So what we got the males involved with, we took them to family court, let them see how those cases go when they're denying the baby and going to jail for non-support. Mm-hmm. And we added up how much it charged, 18 years child support, and took them to the Cadillac place and showed them what kind of cars <laughs> they could get in those 18 years if they just behaved and respected the women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not saw them as objects and things or sex objects. Right, right, right. So, I um, love that. Yeah. I love that. And so we've had a dramatic decrease in our zip code okay. for pregnancy. Okay. Are pregnant. And most of our ladies, if they have a baby at 15, they don't have a loan until they married or have a degree because we grease that pipeline for them to get into school. Right, and, right. And, and instead of sitting at home and, and, you know, maybe working on baby number two. Right, right, right. Because Wonderful. men take advantage of that. Yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. And as far as ladies go, like I said, I'm a civil rights brat. C.T. Vivian called me the child that started marching and never stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always recognized, back during those days as a child, the men were at the mic and the ladies were at the logistic table. Mm-hmm. And, and they were comfortable with that. They were, they felt, 
powerful enough that we could do all the logistics, give the information to the men, and let them go out and walk be the front, 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 be the front, be the face, yeah, right. be the face. And, 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 and but without the, the feet right. of the women, it wouldn't have gotten done. Without the planning, yes, or the fundraising, right, or the social networks right. of the women, right, right, uh, we wouldn't have done nothing. Right, you know, right, I'm right. saying I'm now as a child listening. Right, to right. Who's really calling the shots? Right. Who's doing the press conference? Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And so you re- recognize that quickly. Oh, yeah, the women yeah. were always, our women were always strong. Yes, yes. You know, yes. Men, men wanted to give up, uh, quit. Mm-hmm. It was always the women that left reminding them that God was on our side. Yes, yes. The faith, the faith, yeah, the, the faith, faith, the faith. And that's something. Yeah. So you've been traveling. I know you went over to Ukraine. Yeah. What were you doing over in Ukraine? Uh, we had uh, some partnership with some of our people who were from there from Kazakhstan. And they, mm-hmm. I worked with them in Kazakhstan, but they were actually Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of my contacts told me, said, they are bonding women and children. Wow. Do you have any supplies that you can get from them? But we have a good relationship with the pharmaceutical companies. So I got some beds and things uh, to take over there, and we were not on floor to go past the border. Well, mm-hmm. what people don't understand in situations like that, the border is like McFarland Boulevard and, 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 and Ukraine is the mall. Yeah. And so you can't be right there with supplies to give them to people who made it across. Right. And people right across the fence don't have anything. Right. So we sneaked over uh, okay. first of all, maybe a block, mm-hmm. then two blocks, and then three blocks because there were some people of color that weren't getting any attention over mm-hmm. Wow, the, the African immigrants? Yeah, they, yeah. They, were, they were treating them like they were Russian. Yeah, and yeah. And so uh, we went to get them supplies, food, and, uh, antibiotics, and things wow. of that nature that they needed. Right. And uh, did that two times, and uh, they started bombing clothes, so I wasn't going to risk getting my volunteers. And so we just came back. Okay. So it reminds me so much of, what's the other group, the Doctors Group Without Borders? Without they Borders. do a lot of they work. Do, do you partner of, with them? I work with them and with Direct Relief. Both okay, Direct Relief. Okay. Uh, both groups are doing fantastic and They work. always do fantastic yeah, work. We've been doing work together since that earthquake in Haiti. Okay, okay. So let's talk a little bit about, let's switch uh, gears from the internet. The internationalist uh, is uh, uh, fascinating. And I'm just amazed at how you really merge the medical with the political oh, yeah. and the activism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very fascinating. Very few people doing that of color. Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually when I, when I talk to people about Doctors Without Borders, it's our white brothers and sisters who are a part of that. Very few African Americans. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we'll, some of us will uh, support financially, but we ain't going over there. <laughs> so yeah. I, really, I really applaud you on that. What about uh, Jackson, Mississippi? That's close to where we're we're going there now, and it's close to uh, the hearts of you know African Americans. Of course, we remember Flint. Uh, talk talk a little bit about Jackson, Mississippi. I went to Jackson, Mississippi as a team. Mm-hmm. I helped with Freedom Summer. Mm-hmm. I was a part of Snick, Bob Moses, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just have a heart for Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when this happened. 
I mean, even when we did the 50th anniversary of Freedom Summer, mm -hmm. I came and stayed a week, called Mr. Thompson, asked us to come up, mm -hmm. and I set up mobile hospital because the people who were coming were most of the others. Mm -hmm. And so I got from DJ Stackhouse and brought some nurses from uh, the unions with us so we could take mm -hmm. care of the people like we do at all the events. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the Mars doctor in Right, right, so right. wanted to make sure nobody came in Mississippi and got hurt mm -hmm. because you can't go to some of these uh, hospitals and say you got a SNCC or before mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. SLC mm -hmm. and they think you're coming out of Star and Miss. Right. So I wanted to set up where we had enough doctors and nurses so that whatever happened we could contain it at two new campus. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we did that. But Jackson has always had a heart and I have loved Jackson and a lot of my great friends in Jackson. Mm -hmm. So when I learned about this I immediately reached out to some of the people that we care for mm -hmm. and asked for some, a truckload of water for mm -hmm. each one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been getting. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they I still do. They still need water. They still need water. They still need water. Yeah, uh, I talked with Sandra and Keith, who's at YouTube, and they, they need water for the senior citizen site. Mm -hmm. They need water for the daycare center mm -hmm. because uh, the, the babies are still getting irritated and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and they don't have water. And so I reached out to uh, some of the performers I take care of with. Uh, truckload of water costs $10,000. It's 22 pallets. And we've been getting them from Sam's in Pearl, Mississippi, mm -hmm. and deliver them to Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people want to load it up and run in and drive it. And drive it, it yeah. So you yeah. just buy it when you're here. Yeah. That's a great uh, idea. And we're yeah. just going to put the plug out there for if, if any organizations out there really want to support the people in Jackson. Look up uh, uh, Tom's organization, uh, Project Help, through Project Help, right? Uh, they're they're um, um, delivering uh, water. And I, I'm sure there's some other churches and other organizations as well, but just also want to put out the plug that there's still a need. It hasn't still stopped. Need. It hasn't yeah. stopped. Yeah. And, and, and we do weekly assessments. When we were here last week, that's what I was doing. We were switching from some of the schools because they had closed the schools to the daycare center. Okay. And okay. so we do it, we distribute it to the local churches where the people already go. We're not okay. trying to come in and reinvent the wheel. Right, the right. contacts on the ground that we know are neighborhood people who are, are distributed, mm -hmm. and we just got to get them and demonstrate it and see the people come and get it. Okay. And that's why some of the performers I care for said they had sent water, they didn't know where it went. Yes. And I said, I'm not taking a photo of these people get water, but mm -hmm. we can show I was going to throw his name, but you threw it out there yeah. for me. Tyler um, Perry is yeah. phenomenal. And, his, and one of his uh, main uh, band members is from Jackson. His parents are still here. Okay. So we come okay. to Jackson all the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, some of the rappers that people don't know, mm -hmm. uh, X3 Son, they're giving three trunk loads. Okay. And we just take care of them. We have a great reputation for beating them backstage and sending up everything they need backstage mm -hmm. so they don't have to go anywhere. Right, right. That's so wonderful. We've been doing that so long now. Uh, back during the day, that was Michael, Whitney, mm -hmm. Hammer, you know, mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. you know, all those people. But thank God you didn't do, uh, you weren't uh, Michael Jackson's doctor. 
We well, got in trouble. I went over to a world, but I always cut. When the opiates come in, mm-hmm. Tom Lee, when yeah. you need more opiates than the lost you need. Yeah, I hate to say that the doctor, uh, Dr. Murray, went to Mary with me. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of my. He was a little ahead of me, classmates, but uh, it's, it's too sad to see, you know, anybody get caught up in that, because yeah, it's easy to get caught up in. It's easy to get caught up in the money. The more they need, the greater the money. Right, right, right. And uh, not only just the stars, but even the people who move this, the, the crew, mm-hmm. the, uh, who move the speakers on stage, mm-hmm. get hit by this and that, and they mm-hmm. all want uh, narcotics. And, right. And I tell them, I'll be, be probing your best friend. You know, yes, I'll be probing. That's correct. And it's not good. The That's purpose is not going to do anything. Right. Y'all know all this. It is not going to do anything. Right, right, and, uh, right. So we, don't, we don't do that that much. That, I'm glad you were talking a little bit about opioids because we know there's an uh, issue, um, even though he wasn't on opioids, that was IV medication, right. but uh, opioids is still a major issue in Alabama lot of rural areas. Uh, so if you're, you know, just want to put the plug out that it's still a major issue and people need to get help uh, when they, uh, if they have any kind of addiction, either yeah. uh, prescription meds or uh, street street drugs. Yeah, and, and, and it's up to the doctor to realize when it's being used more for Right, right, right. Yeah, the pain control issues have changed. Over the years, we could do a whole nother show on that. Uh, yeah. You know, there used to be a time in my training where you didn't, you didn't give, you gave it very, very sparingly. Uh, uh, pain, uh, opioids, uh, other stronger drugs. We're learning that you can give. You don't want a person to be in pain, but right. you also don't want them to get addicted. So, real you know, close monitoring is so important. Yeah. And I do have a caveat for that. If you have elderly, terminal patients that need it, give it to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have grandma sitting up moaning all right. night because you're afraid she's going to get addicted. Correct, correct, And so correct. That, I differ with uh, some people in D.C. on that because they say don't get it. You know, they're terminal. Yes. You know, and, and they're in pain every Or, night. or uh, 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 a diagnosis like a cancer. Yes, that's we, we give it to them to keep them out of pain and right. make them comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, any last words? We're kind of closing up on our... Um, interview, I just wanted to spend a little time shifting back to um, HIV AIDS sure. and uh, prevention for women, any uh, words of wisdom. Have you had to deal with that in your yeah. practice at all? Yeah, and, and even with, maybe even with policy. Yeah, with, with the policy, uh, especially in the 80s, when ACT UP was doing a lot of things, right, right. Listen, and they were always blaming the females for excessive promiscuity when uh, during that time, and even today, there are a lot of uh, brothers that are down low, uh, that are infecting ladies again. I tell ladies to make sure you protect yourself, uh, especially one reason of the United States. I'm not going to call the city, but uh, we were doing some several prevalence over there, and it's very highly infected with the brothers, but they always are going after the sisters after being with a male. Uh-huh. That, that psychological thing that I'm going to get my male who is back on. And then some of them say it's special. They don't enjoy the sex with the males, but the males, especially the wealthier males of a different persuasion, make get money. Make them awesome. Wow. And then after they leave them, they think about showering and cleaning themselves. They can go out and take a nice sister on a date. And then it affects her, and they don't think it. They, they, 
look at the commercials now with the different medications, mm -hmm. but to me the best thing is to protect yourself so you won't need the medication. Right, and right. And stop blaming the systems who are not giving them to themselves. Right. But we do we do advocate for PrEP. Right. PrEP is a great tool that with, with very few uh, uh, black men are using PrEP, right. but much less than whites. Yes. And and same thing for women, uh, both black and white women. Well, uh, see, women aren't uptaking the prep as as well. I see the commercials now. They seem to be geared more toward targeting us and informing and educating. Trying us to so that we can be aware. Correct. That it is there Correct. As a, mo a modality that we should. Yes. Yeah, so representation definitely matters. So initially, mm -hmm. when they came out with prep, it was white gay men. Right. They were sort of uh, the marketing all have white. Uh, men in them now. You are seeing uh, more black men uh, and and some women as well. So you're absolutely right. The market initial marketing really didn't target uh, people of color, men and women. No. Um, so you are seeing more of that. I'm seeing more of it. Right. We're talking to them more. You know, we do progressive black caucus mm -hmm. and we do HIV tests, and we've done that for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Progressive black caucus. Okay. Okay. And we do we do the rapid results of why they did right, right. council and things of that nature. We we need to get the uh, congressional black caucus to uh, advocate for prep. Okay. Yeah, well, we need to get them to advocate for prep. You know, um, the other thing about prep is. You know, you, you have a daily pill, but now um, you can uh, you can do an injection every yes, two months, yes. which makes it much more convenient. More convenient. Uh, so, um, and because right now it's the single uh, preventive tool, we don't have a vaccine, no. right? So um, prep is the best we have yes. right now. So even an injection every two months would be good, uh, especially if you're high risk, to keep you from getting it. Uh, so it is what we have right now, you know, in addition to what you said about um, behavioral uh, condoms, uh, abstinence, <laughs> but condoms uh, as well, yeah. Well, yeah. I work real closely with Donna Christensen, who uh -huh. is the former chair of the Healthcare uh -huh. Brain Trust, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and I work with Robin Kessler, who is now that person, so okay. I will put that yeah, word the prep. in there. Put a, yeah, put a prep uh, word in, because yeah. we, we've been really pushing it hard on this show. Uh, so people can um, be educated about it uh, and really understand it. Um, and so uh, it is It is what it is now. I mean, one day we may have a vaccine. We may have. We I'm may have a vaccine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. But right now, PrEP is what it is. And we also are pushing the U equals U. Uh, so if you are positive, uh, really staying on your medications. Getting, getting tested, of course, we push that because you don't know unless you get tested. Um, but once you're you know you're positive, uh, getting your viral load down. Right. So U equals U equals uh, un, un, undetectable equals untransmittable. So that is another form of uh, really um, uh, eliminating HIV in yeah, the community. That's another area where you have to have your mental health professionals. There. Right, right. Because all the people that I've talked to and counseled over the years, once they realized they were positive. If, if you're not there to reach and turn them over to someone, they would draw within themselves. Right, right. Isolated, right, yeah. right. Great, great point, uh, Dr. Ellison. Because, I, I, of course, you know HIV is my research right. area, and uh, the stigma is rough, still rough in the South, especially in the rural areas. And uh, the other thing that's kind of coupled real tight with the, with the uh, stigma is uh, they don't tell anybody, the no. disclosure. 
So then that then it becomes a big secret and it's spreading around in the community. I know so. about twenty people who fit that. They have yeah. not even told their mother right. their right. sisters and brothers. Right, 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 right. And that leaves them isolated and dealing with them on themselves. Um, by themselves or potentially spreading it if they don't have uh, low viral loads yes. or on medication. Yes. So yeah, thank you for that reminder. And uh Mental health again. We came yeah. back to the mental health. Mental health is so important. And we should not separate it from health. Yes, yes, yes. So we, we acknowledge again, this is today, uh, October 10th, is International Mental Health Day. And we just really want to advocate for those uh, who are experiencing mental health to get the help you need. So we thank you so much. Any last parting words? I just appreciate you and the things sure, you're doing. Sure, 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 sure. Sometimes I get despondent and, and get despaired, and I think about you out doing your thing. <laughs> and then I'm not out in Alabama by myself. That's right. That's right. We in it together. Yeah. That is so true. But we thank you so much for being on the show at Woman's Worth. We just want to end with our tagline, A Woman's Worth is Knowing uh, and Trusting Who a Woman Is. Um, so um, we just also want to add that this uh, program is sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health and uh, ending the HIV epidemic grant. And uh, if you'd like to hear uh, future, not future, but past shows that we've done, please go on our website, www.awomansworth.info. And uh, uh, we have, have it podcast. We have a podcast on Spotify, Apple. You can find us anywhere under A Woman's Worth Health and Wellness. Thank you again. Bye-bye.
Thank you.